0: Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we have news and rumors and feedback and new rumors and numers and wait, no, one of those is wrong. Numers? All of that and more after this. Okay, boomer. (laughs) Numer.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.
2: Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll,
0: and I'm Jeff Randall. How are you? Hey, you know, pretty good. Pretty How's good. In the house. Oh, oh man. You I flooded it. like not long ago, right? It did. How,
2: well, are you recovered? Not the whole house, just the, the the bar, which I have discussed here on the podcast before. It has a bar downstairs. Like, yep. And I don't mean like one piece plank of wood where you can drink alcohol. I mean a full bar, and it's so much fun. Uh, but the bar flooded, um, and we had. Uh, but it, I bailed it out very quickly and got it dehumidified and it's all good. Um, so everything's been good since then. Good. Um, but yeah, the, the the house is great. The house is great. Just, you know, new new first-time home ownership, learning a lot and like spending a lot more money than expected and all that good stuff. Um, so, you know. <laughs> this is the it, way. <laughs> this is the way.
0: That's home ownership.
2: Yeah. Speaking of this being the way, this is the news that we have this week. That was a good segue. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I I want to be really excited because I feel like this is confirmation. Okay. And like we've not we've talked about all the Fantastic Four castings on yep. this show, but particularly over on Multiverse News, we have been like We've been covering all the rumors and all the yeah, little. You guys things. have been tearing it apart. We've got we've been going through all these different versions of the Fantastic Four cast that they've been sort of half rumored and announced and not announced, but you know, all these different rumors and different like leaks that they're trying for this person and didn't get them. Anyway, this week, according to SAG-AFTRA, it has not been announced still, but according to SAG-AFTRA, Pedro Pascal is scheduled to start work on Fantastic Four soon. Cool. Um, And even further confirmation, like that's already like, okay, that's some like, Official paperwork being moved around that he's doing this job. Then Matt Shackman, the director of Fantastic Four, po- shared the article on his Instagram: a picture, a fan art of Pedro as 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 Reed Richards, and it was the article saying, like, you know, Pedro Pascal, according to SAG, after Pedro Pascal has been cast as Reed Richards. So that seemed to confirm it. Yeah, that's, and then, that's pretty solid. His Instagram, Matt Shackman, the director of Fantastic Four, was deleted. Not the post. Not the post. His it's the Instagram, whole Instagram account. The entirety of the Instagram. Oh, my so, God. Like,
0: Marvel got to him. Is he okay? <laughs> exactly. Is he still alive?
2: Exactly. Uh, we're we're worried about Matt Shackman. Uh, Matt
0: Shackman, blink ones. Call us. Do something.
2: Set up a flare if you're okay. Let us know you're all right, Matt. Uh <laughs> <laughs> flaggy what did you do i'm really wondering if like we'll get an actual like we need a confirmation soon of it like we need an actual announcement but not just of him but if if he's secured all these other players that are rumored hopefully will be confirmed soon and it won't just continue to leak out like this you know yeah because i want that good old marvel hype train back i feel like they haven't really been our they just haven't been protecting the hype train like they used to.
0: Well, there's also that, like, they haven't done another thing to, like, get the hype train rolling. Get, like, at Comic-Con, you know, at mm, SDCC, yep. when they, like, took over the the hall and, like, brought out all the actors, and they were like, yeah. this is your cast of Avengers. You know, this is everybody. They've they've been trying to
2: like separate all these cons into different companies. Like Disney has their own now, and um, you know, Paramount has everybody. everybody I don't know if Paramount. I'm just saying words. Um, <laughs> different companies are starting to have their own like events. And Marvel had some success with that early on with the El Capitan Theater a few years ago. It, it just seems like they are a little lax in their um, promotion department, like than they used to be. And I think they should go back. I think that, like, Comic-Con should reemerge as a force. If not Comic-Con, something like it, which there is nothing like it. But um, yeah. I think the you got to go where the fans are. You can't just keep asking the fans to go where you are. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Yeah, like, well, I, I feel like it's also, like, it's partially Disney's fault. Because Disney is going to say, you know, Star Wars, uh, Marvel. Uh, all of these other things that we own, you all have to be at D23, and that's where we can do announcements and fun stuff and con right. things. But, like, there are going to be more people to get excited mm-hmm. at SDCC. Yeah. Or something like, uh, you know, hell, they could give it to us, and we could take that news to Dragon Con.
2: Yeah, for sure. We'll happily run your Marvel panel at DragonCon. Um, <laughs> I... I really just think that it's short-sighted. I think it's like trying to cash in on the fans instead of like just going where the fans are. And I'm sure it's not as simple as that. I'm sure there's like politics about how Comic-Con treats the different shows and having more control over their environment and having more, um, you know, the ability to like, like they have to decide on Hall H, you know, like, yeah what if Marvel's not the headliner anymore Does, like I'm sure there's like offense that happens if like oh this year DC's headlining instead of you and it's like oh no like they have to be a part of the marketplace of ideas that is like the wider world of you know fandom and it's like they, they they'd rather sequester themselves off and do their own thing like I get the temptation of that but I think it needs I think they just need to be where the fans are and like start serving the fans again in yeah. that way.
0: And I think that's the important thing is that it's for the fans. Like these things that that they're making go nowhere without the fans. So yeah. like your best bet is to take uh, a message to the place where the fans are and say, we are bringing this gift to you. Here's like, mm-hmm. you know, here's a, a, a here's a preview. Of yeah. some sort. You know, here's the thing. Here's Absolutely. a little tidbit for you. Here's a nugget. It's a gift. You're welcome. But instead, it seems like they're like, no, if you want to find out anything, you have to pay us for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know it's going to be good because we've got years of pedigree behind us. Mm-hmm. Now, that, the general consumer is not going to give a shit about that. They're going to be like, what's going to be good about this movie? Like, right. what are you doing good about this movie?
2: Yeah. Like, we all want to see Marvel stuff, but we all have other fandoms too. And so, if different, if your family or you have to make a decision about which con to go to, and you have to pick, even if Marvel's your favorite fandom, you have to pick just going to D23 or, you know, going to Comic Con and seeing panels about, you
0: know, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, independent comics. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. There's so much at SDCC, right? That is. Outside of and uh, maybe inspired by, but like definitely not necessarily in competition with Marvel. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and and exactly. Like I think about all, this, all the shows that have kind of sprung up from more independent comics like The Boys or like Kick-Ass or Invincible and like... The Walking Dead. Yeah, The Walking Dead. Marvel's not doing that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, sure, some of their comics are. Like, sometimes they try to do, like, pretty indie things and, like, violent things and, like, darker tones and ask bigger questions in comics. But honestly, and I, I hope they do with Daredevil and, like, the spotlight stuff, but, like, most of the Marvel stuff is staying family-friendly and, like, bro- a little bit more broad, a little less niche. A l- like, just live where you live. Like, do I want them to do cool things like that in the MCU. But- it's there's there's this interesting thing with like the boys and invincible, where like once you cross that Rubicon in your universe, or Watchmen for that matter, once you kind of cross that threshold of almost you're almost commenting on superheroes too much, like it seems like the house sort of falls apart. Yeah, you it's really hard to be in the boys universe and root for a superhero. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially with how reckless they all are. Like, how have they not been stopped years ago? Yeah, exactly. And so
2: I, I really think there's a balance that has to be struck here. Um, you know, give me a more adult stories. I'd love that. But like, I just don't think they're ever going to go full on into something like the boys because it would kind of ruin the Marvel brand. You know what I mean? Like, cause sure. you. Once you're questioning the whole idea of people having superpowers, like should you be allowed to have superpowers, then the whole thing just kind of goes. Well, it's hard to watch <laughs> okay. anybody and root for them anymore, you know.
0: Sure, that's kind of along the lines of uh, the like w- you know, what makes a god worthy, and mm. like that you know that kind of uh, went down that rabbit hole with Jane Foster, the Mighty Thor, um, and then you know a little bit after like Original Sin um you know whatever else that you know that may have come along since then but like it's not often that they ask that question in like a real and grounded and like uh potentially i uh potentially viewpoint changing way right right and and it does it sucks because i think
2: at some point you're playing with scared money where like you don't wanna make like when they made Iron Man, I mean, I'm sure they were playing with Scared Money then too, but like there's that <laughs> idea that you like once you have everything, you're trying so hard to not upset the delicate balance and equilibrium that is the MCU. Um, yeah. so you don't do anything too bold. And I and I don't know, I'm not really advocating one way or the other. I love the MCU and I love what it's done and I love the connected story and having the budgets and the actors and everything they have is kind of impossible to do with like that indie vibe, you know? And so like, I'm not complaining, but I do want them to, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I want them to understand that they, they're not competing with the boys. You know what I mean? They're not. Yeah. So, Cause I think that's part of the problem is they, they see these big events and they're like, we don't want to be there and, in on the same stage where the boys are, you know we don't want to be there on the same stages. We don't want to elevate all these other things so that they could eventually compete with us. You know what I mean? And I think like you need to be a part of the ecosystem or the entire sort of geek ecosystem sort of dies. you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, anyway that's that's neither here or there. So what do you think about the, the casting
0: of Pedro Pascal? <laughs> <laughs> hype train right i'm not gonna believe it until they put him on stage in hall h all right yeah do it do it marvel come back to comic-con they're not gonna do that they're gonna put the movie out it's gonna be him and i'm still gonna be like i don't believe it he hasn't been on stage (laughs) (laughs) i you know i i
2: really wonder when they'll announce and like another thing we talked about on multiverse news this week is the super bowl is this week um and like, what will get trailers? You know what I mean. I, we're yeah. hoping for a Deadpool three trailer. Um, well, there I has could, to be. It, it, you'd you think this would be the time. I feel like this would be the time for a Deadpool three trailer. It's what five months away? July. So, yeah,
0: yeah, five months away. Five months. This is this is about it's it's about time, Marvel. It's about damn time. About damn time.
2: Give it here. Give it here
0: i know you've got it <laughs> give me it <laughs> yeah all i've gotten was ryan reynolds posting all kinds of crazy images i don't know what to believe yeah we had that teaser you know uh
2: months ago where ryan sits and talks to uh hugh jackman and like that that was huge but it's been that's been like a year now it's like give me something something about this movie like an actual actual footage from this movie. I would really like to see it. And it's time and it's the Super Bowl and I feel like a lot of these movies held back their budgets because of the strikes, you know? Like sure. it's time to drop some budget and give me some excitement. And how cool would it be if like they need to announce Fantastic 4? Man, what if the what if like Deadpool announced Fantastic 4 at the Super Bowl? Like that would be <laughs> the kind of thing that would like hype us up. Like, you know, R- Deadpool's like sit on the couch and like he just announces it. Oh, you may have heard. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. That would be that'd be the thing to do, man. Like, really Deadpool, make it a big deal.
0: Deadpool sitting on the couch, and he brings all of them out. And the oh, couch yeah. just gets bigger as each one of them sits on the couch.
2: The couch gets bigger and bigger, and then it's revealed the couch is Reed. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> yep,
0: yep. Perfect.
2: <laughs> Everyone's sitting on Reed's lap. Um, because he can stretch.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Deadpool is just like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: I want to sit on daddy's lap. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm it, anyway, so Pedro Pascal, I'm really excited for, I think he's a great vibe for this sh- movie. I do think you mentioned his age. Uh, you think he's a little old for the role? Maybe.
0: Yeah. I think that was before we started recording, but yeah, he's. I mean, that's going to make Reed Richards a bit on the old side. Um, the the casting that, ha- or the, the uh, was it fan casting, rumors, the rumor mill that goes along with Pedro Pascal has been Vanessa Kirby, right? Uh, yes. And she is 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pedro Pascal is 48. Mm-hmm.
2: I always got the vibe there was like an age difference between them, and that's not—I mean, yeah, 35 well, <laughs> and 48—it's it, a little weird for sure. But like, uh, no judgment, you know. That, that's that's both like, like full-on consenting adult territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's
0: that's full-on consenting <laughs> adult territory. Sure, that's fine. I—I I honestly, I thought Pedro Pascal was older than that. <laughs> mm, see, I guess I didn't. I guess I—and off, honestly, often.
2: Like in Hollywood, that's just they just play those roles. Like they, a, m- men get cast older than the ladies, and it's just yeah. it sucks. Well, but this is the case. Vanessa
0: Kirby looks much younger than thirty five. If I'm being yeah. honest, mm. so like I was thinking, I was thinking it was going to be a much broader gap. Like he, I thought he was older than he is, and I thought that she was younger than she is. So like, you know, I was like, Ugh, twenty year gap, grows! That's that's problematic. <laughs> Their gap is old enough to drink. Ooh. <laughs> it excites me
2: because Pedro has something that we we got out of Robert Dunny Jr. who carried the franchise for so long, which oh, is yeah. like He's really got charisma. Great charisma, great pathos, like you really feel what he's feeling, and also uh, really good humor. Like I keep pointing out, but like the unbearable—what uh, is it—the unbearable weight of massive talent that he was in mm-hmm. with Nicolas Cage. Like he is silly in that movie. Um, and I still I, need to see that one. Oh, it's 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 good. He just he's it's goofy. It's a goofy goofy movie. And so like getting to see a, another actor who hopefully can handle kind of both of those tones because Stark could be like really serious really like menacing at times uh but always quipping always funny um and i feel like we don't have anybody else that is carrying that load and i it's a big load to carry i don't even know if pedro pascal has a full robert dane jr mode in him
0: yeah and like the 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 issue along with that is that that uh that manner that rdj had with stark is Tony Stark like that's sure the, sure that yeah. is the embodiment that is Tony Stark Reed Richards is a lot more uh self-serious maybe very yeah 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 um
2: well maybe 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 the thing that can carry this because I do think I mean it's Marvel's first family I think they're gonna be a big part of the phases coming forward um maybe it's it's that it's not necessarily Pedro. Maybe Pedro's very self serious, but then you've got the people around him, like yeah. Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm and Sue Storm. Like they they could carry that levity, you know? Um, well, yeah, he's yeah. he's
0: already shown that he can be that that straight man in the in the room full of clowns uh, mm-hmm. with Mandalorian. Yes, you know, like yes, he everything can. he did was so self serious. <laughs> everything going on around him was just like silly <laughs> because yeah. you know little baby Grogu is just like, give me that ball. Let me eat that egg. And he's just like, no, stop it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I do. I do think he's, he's done a great job there. And so like seeing him, uh, yeah, not even just Grogu, but you're right. The whole, the whole show is full of like kind of silly droids and silly characters. And and he's a very self serious, um, for the most part, character.
0: I mean, there was one episode where, uh, he was with someone more serious than him. And so he got to be <laughs> the goofy one a little bit. Uh, which who, Who's the more serious person? Uh, it was Bo-Katan.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: When he was kicking over the droids. Okay. Yeah, I've, were,
2: I've seen the episode, but I don't remember that.
0: That was the, the episode that had Christopher Lloyd in it. Okay. Uh, where the droids had all been repurposed to be like uh, workers, like worker drones. But then okay. like- some of them were randomly you know triggering and, and uh, switching programming and fighting and so he was just like well let's see which one reacts and just starts kicking him over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice
2: yeah i i'm 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 excited i'm excited for pedro i and i i think like it's hard because mandalorian's great but it's also he's behind the mask the whole time it's hard to tell he's it's basically voice acting at some point um, Sure. and it's great but I'm I him and last of us is the thing that like keeps making me think he's going to be great.
0: Oh man. You don't want to, you don't want to point to golden compass. I never no, saw no. golden, Compass. golden circle. Sorry. Kings, golden, golden oh. circle. Who did he play in that? I don't remember it. The lasso dude. Okay. I actually haven't seen golden circle. Okay. I, I haven't either. I've seen the trailer and saw him doing that. and was like, Oh, this is nuts. <laughs> This is going to be a nutso movie. I think I have seen Golden Circle and it didn't
2: like stick with me at all. I'm have like I think I watched Golden Circle and Kingsman kind of like Kingsman like right back to back and like I don't remember the the middle one there. I feel maybe the, maybe I didn't watch it cuz I'm really like completely spacing on how that I feel like the novelty
0: was kind of lost. Yeah, it's interesting. cuz like, Kingsman the first yeah. one was like wow, what a bizarro concept. I love mm-hmm. it. And then, like, how do you top that?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't think they topped it. But
0: you don't even have to top it; you just
2: do it more and do it well. How do you well. follow that, though? But yeah, how do you follow that? It's tough. It's tough. The Kingsman, and I think that's that's been a struggle for Matthew Vaughn around uh, across the board. Like, he just did Argyle, right, and that's just getting really panned. And it just seems like he's at... he. Everyone loves Kingsman, and it's. I think it's sort of like the irreverence was almost like. It, it's sort of like we talk about what we, well, I was just talking about with the uh, superhero movies you, it's it's kind of like the the Kingsman has kind of taken the piss out of the spy movies and being irreverent with it but it's it's why you don't do that too much in James Bond because once you take once you make it too silly it's hard to like respect the seriousness of the moment yeah. um and so yeah i think Kingsman like might be a hard trick to pull twice it's kind of there's a lot of movies like that i think the matrix i love all three matrix movies but you can't pull the trick twice the first matrix yeah. it was like the first matrix is never going to be topped by any other matrix movie no matter if they, they can make the citizen kane of matrix movies <laughs> in matrix five or whatever and it would be like you know uh, yep. <laughs> uh i don't know i tried to think of a good like rose pill i don't know um i'll take Citizen Kane. Any, but anyway, uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying though. Like no matter what they do with yeah. further Matrix franchise films, like nothing ever is going to come close to the first one.
2: Yeah. You will always go into the sequels knowing that it's a possibility you don't live in the real world. Like that is that's the problem with the Matrix, is like it destroys your vision of what the real world is. You're like could I be there? Is it possible? Like your your it makes you existential crisis happens, and the second one you're like, I'm back. Give me another, and it's like, no, you can't. You just can't do another existential crisis with that same trick. It's it's, it's yeah. you got to pull a new trick. And I like those movies a lot. I really do. I'm I'm in the minority. I think I love the second and third Matrix movies, <laughs> but like, I'm not a big fan of the fourth one.
0: I just, I feel like you're, uh, you're Don Cheadle's character in Ocean's 13, hmm. where they're, he's like, we already did that trick once. You can't do the same trick twice. <laughs> I don't remember that. I get,
2: yeah. The, well, and the, honestly, that's another franchise that's like, <laughs> yes. like, that's a great point. Like, the, I know you were bringing it up because of the reference, and I wonder now if that, like, the reference that he's saying in there is actually a meta reference to, like, it's hard to make a second Ocean's 11. You know, Ocean's yep. 11 is so cool, but then you get there and you're like already questioning every action every character takes. So you're you're like you're not believing anything that's happening on the screen. It's really hard to certain movies
0: shouldn't have sequels, I think is what I'm deciding. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. I think that's our that's our next episode is like Uh, let's let's talk about movies that should not have had sequels because they are so unique yeah we really should just like during the break
2: of of mcu content we should just like we should we should should follow the uh um (laughs) the lead we were just talking about with like uh being a part of the broader conversation at comic-con and not just being so insular and just like Talk about pop, weird pop culture things on, on like random episodes of this podcast. But every time we do, we get people being like, I came from Marvel. Yeah. But, you know, we've got other podcasts <laughs> for that, I guess.
0: We're people too. We have conversations that go places and we just follow them. We do. We do indeed. We certainly don't control them. You know, but
2: if you're trying to get some control back in your life, there, there, there there's something you could try here. Uh, have you ever tried to break a bad habit? It yep. felt like you're climbing Everest in flip-flops. Yep. Well, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Get it? Not yet you don't until no. I say it. It's Fume. No, I get it. Fume is the company we're talking about today. Uh, fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Flavors air? Yeah, you just breathe, breathe in your Fume. If you're trying to change your habits and... uh There's a lot of habits that are sort of like require an oral fixation or they, they're kind of the oral fixation helps out the thing. And like, not even just the oral, but like just having something in your hand, having something in your mouth, it's a nice little device. Um, and you can, uh, you, you breathe in flavored air. There's like, uh, it's all natural, no electronics. It's not, not a vape. It's just flavored air. And in instead of harmful chemicals, you just have delicious flavors.
0: You get it. I mean, instead of bad fumes, good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy. It makes replacing your bad habit easy. Uh, it's got an adjustable airflow dial. It's designed with movable parts and magnets. It's good for fidgeting. Uh, it's got a really nice like uh, finger feel under it. Like the the metal is nice and cool and smooth. And this new uh, this new Solano version has the onyx coating on the metal, and it's. Nice and black like my heart and beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) The nice uh, dark wood finish that's, oh, just, it's so pretty. And then it's got, listen, 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 listen. It's got this little, oh, I love that clickety-clack. I just, I sit there reading all day just, Spinning it back and forth in my hands, mm-hmm.
2: I made you put it down before the podcast because yeah, I was you like, made me
0: put it down because I didn't want to hear it in the you microphone. I don't want to click it while, while
2: we're recording. <laughs>
0: so so I, I, I sit there spinning the clickety clackety, and then because it's got a core that's just flavoring the air that passes through it, and I, I you know spin it under my face, I still smell that that beautiful scent. It's almost like aromatherapy. That's
2: rad, man. I dig
0: it. Um, so this is fume, f u m.
2: Um, yeah, the taste is great. Um, it's very refreshing. It's kind of like herbal tea. Um, it's it's like uh, if 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 vapor was sticky soda, fume flavors uh, are like herbal tea. It's really it's really nice. Um, it's a uh, well weighted, perfectly balanced as all things should be, uh, <laughs> and, and extremely fun to fidget with. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Like like uh, Jeff was saying, the onyx, especially the Solano design. It's really really pretty. It's got that wood grain. Really nice.
0: So you can start the year off right with the good habit by going to com slash universe and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use our code universe to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, start moving towards good habits with Fume. That's F-U-M.
2: com slash universe. Use the code universe. Universe universe didn't like your best movie voice try fume.com slash universe <laughs> thank you jeff got gotcha. you oh man all right well uh let's let's talk about some uh, i guess some feedback we'll throw in some feedback here for the la for the later half of the episode um we talked about all of our new mores uh yeah 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 we just had that one piece of news that's it but like it's kind of a fun one it, it had a lot uh there's I, I just really hope it's true. Ever since I heard this was a possibility, I've been on board with uh, Pedro. And yeah, vote for Pedro, everybody. <laughs>
0: wow. That's a different reference. <laughs> so we've got some feedback. Uh, yeah. We've got L says, Hi, Jam. Just listened to your feedback with all of the fabulous lesbian content. Ooh. Matt, what did I miss? I don't know man. You Hold I I'm putting more. a pause on this feedback. Matt, what did I miss?
2: <laughs> uh no, it was uh we we had a number of emails that just happened to talk about uh possible sort of uh uh lesbian action in the MCU. Uh, sorry, that sounds that sounds uh they, they were talking about uh, uh LGBTQ representation with uh Valkyrie the possibility of Valkyrie and Carol. Um I forget what the other one was. Oh, Oh, I remember. We were talking about making a hitman romantic comedy. Sure. We were talking about what genres, and we said were hitman romantic comedy, and someone wrote in they wanted a hitman romantic comedy with Yelena and Kate Bishop, and like them two, like like hitman road movie with those two, I, I think, as a, as a romantic couple.
0: I like that. Yeah, it's good. I like that idea. Okay. So- it's not that you guys were making adult content on previous episodes that I have to, like, apologize for it to people, right? No,
2: no. Just talking about lesbian representation in these movies. Okay, okay, And cool. And it just happened, it was really funny, like, we did a bunch of, I read a bunch of feedback and, like, organized the feedback and didn't really, like, organize the order of the feedback. I just kind of threw it in the, the pot, and we ended up having three emails, one after the other, that was, like, uh, that happened to be the lesbian content emails. It was just like, well, this 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 uh, episode took a turn,
0: Yeah, they they naturally group themselves together. You know, they they (laughs) find each other, right?
2: They find each other.
0: (laughs) All right. Elle says, Just listen to your feedback with all of the fabulous lesbian content. I don't think I've ever felt as connected to the MCU as when I saw the Valkyrie and Carol on screen with all the vibes. And I need so much more. There are so many straight cis people dominating the MCU, and it is time for Disney to step up or it's going to fall even further behind, especially for young audiences. I know a lot of friends that don't watch MCU content that would watch anything with a strong queer, trans, and or non-binary story in a heartbeat. Representation itself is a reason to watch. Anyways, listening reminded me of my own queer MCU story. A few years ago in college, I had just started to accept myself as a lesbian, which was all around the time that Black Widow dropped. One night, I was hanging out with some new friends, including a girl I really liked. Uh, When walking home with the girl, I found out that she was also a big MCU fan. So... I played my big move and outed myself to this girl by talking about how hot Florence Pugh is in as gay of a way as possible. (laughs) She immediately jumped in, and we were just talking back and forth about the fabulous queer-coded women in the MCU. This was the first time in my life I ever outed myself casually. And the first time I flirted with a girl, if that's what you call this, cut to a few weeks later, and she was my first kiss. No, smiley face emoji. Love you 3000 L. It's wonderful. L. That so is real. beautiful. That kind of
2: casual um, ability to discuss your sexuality is so it's really, really powerful. And like <laughs> the, fr- <laughs> the first friend I ever had that told me they were gay. Um, I don't think I've ever told this, this on the podcast because whatever. But uh, the first friend I ever had that told me they were gay. We were in the car and we were all really close friends. Um, and like we'd been hanging out for, for so long. And, and he he knew that I was also very, uh, very religious. My dad was a pastor and he knew I was church all the time. So I think he was nervous to tell us. And my other friend was, uh, not religious, but he, he also could be just kind of a jerk sometimes. So like we were (laughs) just like, he wasn't sure how we'd respond or how he would be treated differently and stuff. And, uh, I remember he said, um, uh, guys, I I gotta tell you something. He's in the backseat of the car. Um, and he's like, I uh I, I'm gay. I've just I've realized, I've decided that like it's it's true for me. I'm gay, and he like really like it, it was a lot of like fear. You could tell there's a lot of fear there, and we got kind of quiet for a second. And my my buddy he says, um, oh that, that that's that's cool, man. No, no problem. But are you saying you're attracted to either of us? And he's like, No, no, nothing like that. I'm just telling you as my friends. And we were like, "Well, what's wrong with us? What's <laughs> wrong with us, man? What's going on? Why aren't we? Why aren't we? The you know the apple of your eye?" And it like immediately diffused the situation completely and made him realize, like, "We're not. We're not going to treat you differently, except for like maybe make jokes like that."
0: <laughs> just like you being just able made to it make all it all about like, you, Matt. It's so <laughs> selfish. <laughs>
2: it's just like the the turning it into a casual joke like you could tell it was just like we didn't take it seriously at all and that made him feel so much like whatever like like looser and just like oh these are my buds still you know yeah i always i always just really uh liked that interaction from my real Man, life
0: back when i was uh a stepdad you know with the previous marriage and whatnot mm-hmm. um i came out of my office one day this is when we were living in tampa uh came out of my office one day and one of the kids was just like i uh got to tell you something dad i'm i'm bi and i was like okay <laughs> like <laughs> does this affect me at all no all right <laughs> cool i'm glad you are comfortable enough to tell me uh but i uh, really just don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> oh like, man, yeah
2: it's a it's a hard line to walk because like you want it to be you wanted them to be comfortable and and feel like it's not a big deal but also make sure they're not you know yeah like like make sure they're not uh, feeling a heaviness about it that you need yeah. to address you know what I mean like yeah like,
0: you don't want to dismiss it yeah but like cause that's okay. like a big important thing for somebody you don't want to yeah. dismiss it but also you want to make sure that it's like no, this really isn't that important. I don't care either way. Like it doesn't change who you are to me. Exactly. You know, like, and (laughs) like maybe we need to have sessions like where we all just come together and workshop how to be an ally, like how to be a friend that people can come out to. So like, what's your, you know, what's your best response in your toolbox of like, yeah, cool. I don't care. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Like, no, 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 no! I need more. I need something else. Like, <laughs> give me, <laughs> and then, and then we just basically treat it like an acting class. Yeah, give me ten percent more caring, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, give me, just, can we dial up the caring just a touch?
2: You've got the uh, indifference down. You've got yeah. that. that. and that's You're good. It's good in to on have a. You
0: need a good dose of indifference. Yeah, good. You got a really firm foundation of indifference here. (laughs) You need, like, a good injection of caring
2: into this character that you're playing. (laughs) Maybe
0: we could build on this just a little bit. (laughs) Oh, man. Acting workshop aside, our next one is from (laughs) Tim Castillo. Hey, MCU guys, gals, and Madam Coffin. It's very formal there, Tim. Uh... says, I really want to give a shout to you hosts for being really mindful of your fans. I know that weirds you out. You call us listeners, but I consider myself a fan of you guys for sure. While dealing with life and stress and real things, you guys talk about silly stuff to friends and strangers, but also serious stuff. And you do it all thoughtfully, but also never losing your humor. This cast is a salve amidst a desert of reality, and I'm glad I've been listening for all these years. That's really sweet, Tim. Thank you. That's, uh, those, are, those are very kind words. Tim's, uh, or Tim continues, Anyway, I just read this article from Collider, and while I am glad Mr. Shackman is excited and ready to get working on his film, I've grown weary of this key phrase here. Unlike anything in Marvel you've seen. He actually says it a couple of times, Um. uh, with and without in Marvel, and I really wish directors and actors would stop saying this. I've heard the same thing said for so many movies, and I can't think of one where I've heard that and also felt it was true. I enjoy a good hype train, but this type of hyperbole kind of kills the hype for me i do hope it's good though i feel like uh, they need to clear a really high bar specifically for this movie in order to grow back some of the steam from audiences that are not entrenched fans i don't really know what the broad audience idea of the fantastic four is but i imagine it is that they are a campy group of silly scientist superheroes with corny jokes and bad costumes I don't know if they will go out in droves to see that kind of movie that is also part of the MCU. Also, because I love diverting Matt, I remember watching Rise of the Silver Surfer in theaters the first and only time I watched it and thinking, Really? A tachyon pulse? Oh, I get it. This is a jokey reference to Star Trek. Ha! Ah, that's really funny. Oh no, that's thats how they actually caught him. It's flaming time! I mean, clobber on! I mean, Wait, no. Ah, well, the moment's gone. <laughs> Tim. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Tim. And yes, you will divert me because I'm going to talk about that that line from that movie. <laughs> uh, when they say tachyon or whatever, tachyon pulse in Fantastic Four, when you hear tachyon in Star Trek, and I guess it's fake science. I don't know what a tachyon is, if that's even a real thing or if it's fake. But in Star Trek, it means time travel. And so sure. I got very distracted in <laughs> rise of the silver surfer when they said tachyon pulse because i thought oh that means time travel so it's bad reference to star trek when it diverts me to think that it's a time travel story all of a sudden and i'm starting to look for like oh i know what tachyon pulse means but i don't because <laughs> it's probably not even real it's probably well, just star trek science it, What what is it what is it Jeff?
0: A, a tachyon is a, a hypothetical particle okay um so, it's possible and, science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like, it might exist, but the big thing about tachyons is that uh, they are particles that always travel faster than the speed of light. Oh. So, as far as, like, uh, theory of relativity and, and, you know, how we understand light and time to work, it is kind of time travel. Right. Um, related? Uh, ish <laughs> yeah that
2: man the deeper physics are so crazy to try to like pinpoint what's going on man because <laughs> i feel like i have a pretty good view of the world until i really start looking at like the theory of relativity makes no sense to me uh like it's very it's very difficult and when you start talking about like the shift of space and like the the expansion of the universe and like how even though the universe is moving somehow and expanding, somehow the uh, speed of light is uh, a constant. Like Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's it's a weird, like when I actually dig into that science, I'm always just like weirded out by it. (laughs) I mean, it's that particle versus wave versus like the double slit experiment. Have you seen that thing? No. It's this mind blowing thing, man. I cannot describe it well here. I wouldn't do a good job, but it basically just sort of like makes you feel like the multiverse is real because it's something like you have two slits and then when you shoot light through those two slits, it creates like dots on the other side. But if you observe it, I don't even I I can't do it. I I can't do it. Someone else would have <laughs> to come on justice. here and explain look up the double slit experiment and what it means. It's it 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 shows basically it's the thing that proves that light moves as both a particle and a wave. And it's it, it 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 unlocks all kinds of questions that we don't know the answer to and it just feels like magic. And it has something to do with observation too where like when you observe the thing it changes the thing like I I don't remember the experiment well enough to like discuss it. So I'll stop there. But like it, because I'm going to say things that just aren't right. (laughs) I probably already have, but I've tried to stay on the stuff that I kind of remember. But yeah, tachyons. (laughs) Right. See, you definitely diverted me. Thanks, Tim. Yep. I'm talking about double diverted you. I'm double, I'm double diverted. I'm over here getting close to string theory, which I do not understand. And uh, (laughs) like I am a person who is, like watch videos, read, read books about these things and like tried to grasp them. And, and, and yeah, I just like it. It's so counterintuitive that like when I watch sci-fi, I understand it. Cause it's normally this sort of intuitive view of the universe. But when I get to those deeper, like string theory stuff, it just like, it's so counterintuitive that it feels. And, and that's what, that's why like when Einstein created relativity and it unlocked all that stuff, and people started like or like he he postulated uh theory of relativity and then like all these scientists start like using that relativity to discover all this other stuff uh they start going like Einstein himself was like i don't know about all that like like <laughs> <laughs> you're putting words in my mouth i don't know <laughs> have you seen uh have you seen oppenheimer yet mm not yet it's really interesting there's a whole scene where like Oppenheimer goes to talk to Einstein and there's a lot of conversation about how like he doesn't like this new whippersnapper Oppenheimer because he's taken his like theories and he's gone further with them, and he was right but Einstein's like I know that I set us on this path but like that's not the science that's not the way it like it's so counterintuitive it didn't make sense to Einstein you know (laughs) yeah
0: like maybe maybe pull it back maybe
2: don't go that far with it (laughs) I don't know Anyway, I'm just talking to my butt. I don't really understand this stuff well enough. But I have buddies who do, and I sometimes on long drives will have them explain it to me again. It's like my version of a bedtime story. I'm like, tell me the story again about how the double slit experiment. Uh. Got ba- I've got a couple bandmates who are like real <laughs> geeky science nerds, and they love to like go into that stuff. And I'm like... And I started just like asking questions like how can that be? If like the planets move this way, how can it be, man? And he's like, I don't know, man, quantum level things
0: happen differently and it just <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why uh that's why quantum mania just works cuz yeah. quantum level just works, you know, things happen anything. differently for you. Some things don't have holes. <laughs>
2: okay, well, thank you Tim for that complete diversion. Uh it, like I don't even know if we've talked about all anything he said. We've just been talking about tachyons and uh, yeah. No, it was uh, literally and, and, just, and the, just the the yeah. also. Yep, just the also. Um, so I agree with him about this. Unlike anything in Marvel, or unlike anything you've seen, like that stuff is a little too. I think there's two things you got to think about. I think sometimes that is because they can't say anything about the movie, mm-hmm. so they're trying to say something that sounds cool. But they can't say anything because, you know, Kevin will uh, will sniper them. Kevin will delete their Instagram account. Yeah, apparently. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> like, Matt, Matt found out. <laughs> so, I, I think there's a little bit of that in there. Where, like, they don't want to ruin the movie. So, they're trying to say something, but they can't say anything real. So, they just say that sort of platitudes, and and it's always going to sound... Anything you say that's general like, it's going to be great, it just all sounds disingenuous, you know? You can't be like, it's a father figure story that combines... You could, but you'd be revealing too much, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you can't even like... Can't even talk about how much fun uh, it was on set, or like, how great a time everybody had together, how you're all like a family, because like, that just seems and genuine and like Mm -hmm. like you're trying to divert away from what everybody actually wants to hear about which is what's the movie about
2: yeah like we're all digging for little little nuggets so that that's why they keep it so broad that's why they don't tell us anything that's why Matt shackman sounds like that i think there's also just like i do the thing i really don't like about that sentence is it makes it sound like the mcu isn't good it makes it sound it sounds kind of haughty like Going to be different than anything you've ever seen in the
0: MCU. Like all that stuff's behind us. We're moving to new territory. Yeah, it's going to be unlike anything in Marvel you've seen because no other film has starred Pedro Pascal and Vanessa Kirby. And
2: like, <laughs>
0: like, oh yeah, okay, nope, that that no, is different. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's technically different from anything we've seen. <laughs> technically correct is the best kind of correct. So completely
2: different frames in different order. Yeah, um, than than other movies.
0: <laughs> like we shot on the same sets, but we had different set dressing.
2: Mm-hmm. Our suits are blue.
0: Our suits are blue. What?
2: Um, that's kind of a liar, liar reference. Sorry. Ooh. The pin, the pin is blue. The pin is blue. I just did that so loud my guitar rang out. <laughs> Nice. I don't know if it was picked up on the microphone, but when I did that, the uh, my guitar went, purr, like I guess I, I hit a harmonizing frequency with it. <laughs> nope. So we're getting into deep physics again. I know, man. My my vocal particles got entangled with the guitar. No, they didn't. Nope. That's just sound waves. Nope, Sorry. It's just sound waves. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. Quantum just entanglement. You talk vibration. about it, it happens. Quantum entanglement's like Beetlejuice. We said it three times, and now it's happened.
0: <laughs> You've entangled at a quantum level <laughs> with your guitar,
2: man. If you're doing it right, if you're doing you know it right. that's
0: real musicians, man. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen Hendrix separated from his guitar? No, no, no. <laughs> oh man. Oh funny kelly McKim says hey pandas i was listening to the recent podcast and all the discussion of x-men has gotten me so pumped for the potential of future projects while i love all things marvel the x-men is by far my most favorite i was wondering if you if you could get your dream cast of characters and the actors to play them who would be on your dream x-men team I would love to hear your thoughts personally. Gambit is my all-time favorite, and I think that Norman Reedus would be an awesome casting choice for him. Love you, three thousand, Kelly. Hmm, Norman
2: Reedus as as a uh, uh, Gambit is pretty good. I again, like we've talked about different castings for Gambit lately, and like I don't know about the age they were are going to want for gambit and Norman Reedus is getting on up there now, but like a younger Norman Reedus, especially like around the boondock saints era like that, that would have been a yeah, really good. When he was that gambit. young. Yeah. That but I don't great. know. Right. That would have been really good. Um, but, but we, you know, he was such a small, small, t- smaller time actor. And I do think his Daryl Dixon like would inform the, the gambit of it all. Like that's probably where, uh, I don't know about it. I don't know if that's where Kelly knows him most from, but I do see that as like a, like a strong, gambit vibes sure yeah i can (laughs) Um, see that i can see that we we talked a couple weeks ago about uh cyclops as ryan gosling and i really like that i really
0: think he could do something fun with it (laughs) i don't know i i I have this personal thing against cyclops because i just don't like the character he's just a douche Yeah. yeah 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 And, like, after watching Barbie, I'm pretty sure that, that Gosling could absolutely pull off douche. Exactly. but Exactly like, like that?
2: But douche, but still having, like, he could go over the top douche and still have heart. Like, that's how, and that you kind of need that with Cyclops. You need sure. to be over the top douche, but still have heart. And so, when we met, we, somebody brought that up, and I was like, he would look great with the glasses on. He'd look really good. He's got the jaw for it. Like, I kind of think him for Cyclops would be awesome.
0: I think though, um, Gosling has more of the like he he has the more more of the look for uh, Warren Worthington III in my opinion.
2: Who is Warren Worthington Angel. III?
0: Okay. Ryan Gosling with some big feathery wings behind him.
2: Yeah, he would look really good.
0: He would look great.
2: Yeah him him as Angel's a really
0: good call. Mm. He's got that look. Um, yeah. Man, I've been watching uh, a bunch of not-American things here lately. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, there was, oh man, I, I was watching this uh, the show on Netflix. You have to watch it. You have to watch it, Matt. It is so f***ing good. Uh, okay. It's called Bloodhounds. It's Korean, and it's amazing. Cool. Um, a pair of guys that are boxers get like oddly mixed up in the world of loan sharks, uh, circa 2020, like when COVID was at its height. Mm -hmm. Um, and people like business, small businesses were struggling. People were struggling. Uh, you know, they still had to pay rent. So a lot of them were taking out small loans or personal loans with loan sharks. And yeah, you know, predatory lending was happening. So like they get mixed up in that world and it's just, it's such a good series, man. It's, Oh, it's stellar. But uh, I'm thinking of like those two guys. I'm like, I kind of want them for, uh, for roles, but like, where, where would they go? Well, mm-hmm. hmm. Pretty sure the guy who played Wu Jen would be a great Bobby Drake. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if that would be okay for American audiences.
2: Hmm. I mean, the X-Men uh, is not. It's 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 not the whitest team in comic books, but sure. like it could still use some diversification.
0: Oh, it could absolutely. But the, that's the thing, though. Like the X Men have a lot of uh, people from various cultures that come together. They in do, them. yeah. Uh, they're just they're not necessarily the most popular X Men characters, unfortunately.
2: Mm, right. Um, Well, I feel like this question might be, like, we might should make this, like, a full episode, especially since we don't have the castings of anything these things yet. Like, I think this could be a really fun, like, us actually sit and think about it. Think about all the, like, I don't know, I find myself, like, I'm watching all these, like, Oscar movies for Avengers Assemble right now. And it's yeah. like I'm actually getting exposed to a lot of actors and actresses that I didn't know before, you know, and, like, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a fun time. And I'm also been, I've been watching a lot. Like, because we're in this sort of drought of content and we're not on the grind of making, um, you know, reaction episodes and uh, feedback episodes and then, a, like, you know, trailer episodes and stuff, I've been watching uh, – I don't know. I, I just watched all of Beef. That, that was awesome. And I would love to see Stephen Yoon in – in the MCU, but he just bailed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really kind of bummed about that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if we've talked about that on this show. It's it's hard to remember. Uh, but we, but yeah, Stephen Yin was, uh, apparently cast as Sentry. Um, Robert in, Reynolds. Yeah. In thunderbolts right? No, no. Yeah. In thunderbolts Thunderbolts. Okay. Sorry. I was getting mixed up with Captain America, Brave New World. Um, but yeah, in Thunderbolts, but he has been, uh, he has left. I think we did talk about it because we did talk. I think we talked a couple episodes ago about, um, the person they replaced him with, which I'm Lewis Pullman, yeah, Bill Pullman's son, uh, I didn't think I was going to remember it, but it was a good pull, man <laughs> oh, you okay, so <laughs> this
0: this is our homework,
2: right, yeah, I think this this we should definitely do we we we've been talking this about is doing the homework, episode, assignment. yeah, we've been talking about doing an episode of like how could they bring we've got a commissioned episode or no, not a commissioned episode, it's um one of our listeners that won the contest. Uh, one of the raffle one month to be on the show. Uh, we were going to have Patreon her on. Yeah, one of, our, one of our patrons who won the raffle that month. The the prize was to be on the show, and she wanted to do an episode about, like, different ideas of how to bring the X-Men in. Uh, but yeah, we should do that. That would be really fun. Like, do a couple X-Men focus weeks where we're like, how do you bring them in? And then, who do we want to cast? You know, like, who is... Our, yep. Like, it would be really fun to all three come in with our casting. You know, like... Yeah, uh, who would we choose, and then to, like kind of discuss and ba- bounce back and forth with it?
0: I would love to see uh, some feedback from the listeners too on like what their uh, X Men dream teams and castings would be.
2: Yes, absolutely. That would be like, that'd be fun. That's uh, everyone's
0: homework assignment this week. Yeah, that's us. That's the listeners. Everybody, this is our homework assignment. Put together a list of your your dream team of X-Men and who you would cast in those roles for the MCU. I love it,
2: yeah, do it. Um, send it in. Try to keep them, especially if a bunch of people are gonna send this in. keep them tight. We'll discuss them, but try to keep them tight. maybe tell us where you know the person from, but like not go crazy in detail because if we get fifty of those, it's gonna yeah, take I don't us need weeks your life story
0: them. when you're telling me why you're casting someone <laughs> <laughs> okay. I appreciate the bluntness. It's a
2: good base firm of, foundation of a firm foundation of bluntness you have there, Jeff, but also <laughs> I need you to add like 10% more caring.
0: <laughs> it's always 10% more caring
2: with me. There's a subtle message for you in this episode of the podcast. If you go back, it's very subtle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to care more. <laughs>
2: Oh man, that was, this is a fun episode. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Kelly, that we didn't come up with more right off the spot, but I do think it would be better if we do an episode on it. That would be, that's, we've been looking, looking for commissions. We've got a couple in the, in the docket, but I think like that would be a really fun episode we could do in a couple weeks and we could do like, you have, you can vote for your favorite of the three of our answers, but you can't vote for your own. That way we get like different voting. You know what I mean? Like, see if we can like. Like, see if we can. And see what team
0: we actually come up with together.
2: Yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do that. I like it. I love coming up with games for the show. (laughs) You know, I love it. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back uh, real soon.
0: You got anything to tell the people about, Jeff? You guys got any Legends and Libations coming soon or anything? Uh, We do. We have uh, Legends and Libations coming up on the 17th of February. That is next week, Saturday. Uh, And we will be talking about. Uh, the origins of Valentine's Day. And I think I'm going to sprinkle in some, uh, Lunar New Year, um, uh, stuff as well. Cool.
2: Well, if you don't know, they do Legends Libations. It's where, uh, Jeff and Ashley get together and drink a lot. And, uh, after they take their Z-biotics, of course, of course, uh, they, they drink a lot and they, uh, talk about different, uh, Legends and uh, it's it, it, and folklore and such. Um, so you should definitely check it out. But the, the interesting thing is they don't they don't make a podcast of it. So it's just live. So you got to come to the live. Yeah, uh, drunken shenanigans should never be saved. Yeah, they're like we don't need this to be forever content. This is just for today. Um, so that's on Febu- uh, February seventeenth. Uh, what time? Uh,
0: Four p.m. Pacific. Uh, Seven p.m. Uh, Eastern. Cool. 6 cool. p.m. Cool. Central for you.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, try to check that out, guys. February 17th on our twitch.tv slash TV. Um, it's a lot of fun. And uh, we'll be back uh, soon uh, with lots of things. Uh, if, if there's a big thing on uh, the Super Bowl, we might have to hop on and do a quick episode. Um, but I'm, I'm really hoping for some cool... Like, we've had so long of a drought of news because of the strikes that it feels like some of the content is going to, like, throw some money at the super bowl and we're going to get some interesting things out of that.
0: Yeah. I'm a little bit worried um about the strikes and and you know the Hollywood culture. Yeah, uh some friends that I that I know out here um you know they're still they're struggling for work uh right now just you know desperate for anything because you know they're props masters and studios still aren't picking stuff up uh after the strikes and there's like a rumor going around in their guild. Um, and, you know, among their circles that like studios are trying to starve them out um, mm. now so that they don't go on strike later when their contracts come up for uh, for reupping or renewal or whatever.
2: Man, I hope that's not the
0: case. That's terrible. Yeah, that's that would be really shitty if that's the case. Um, yeah. So like uh. that, you know, that kind of makes me worried about future productions of, you know, any and everything.
2: Yeah. And the and the. It's just a it's a it's a crazy time, man. There's just a big reshuffling with all the like labor versus management versus uh, you know where is that power going to reside and the 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 power that sort of COVID put in the hands of labor will it change will it change things or will we go back to like status quo where you know these workers don't have much protections? Um, yeah, it's crazy, crazy, crazy time. Um, well. We'll be back soon uh, on that down note. We'll be back soon uh, <laughs> with, with more with more episodes.
0: Uh, you're good, man. Uh, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Peace. Until next time, true believers.
2: Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon.com/MCUcast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here, and a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons: Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3,000, my friends.